<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'd like to start out today by giving my Christmas Hanukkah view of the economy, because I've been hearing a lot of so-called experts on business channels and the business press not all, but many, talking as though they're short the market and are waiting for Armageddon. I think they've gotten it all wrong, and I think they're way overly negative, and we've got enough to worry over without listening to or reading more depressive commentary in the business media about what should be a festive Christmas holiday wind-down to our new year, right? The economy has slowed, no doubt. There are pressures in the economy, no doubt. But not as much as some reasonably feared when the Fed raised interest rates this year from 25 basis points up to 4.5%. There's very little chance, in my opinion, we'll see a big Christmas rally on Wall Street, but the stock market has improved markedly. Since late September, when the Dow fell into a bear market for a few weeks, the Dow Jones Industrials have, over the course of what has been a tough, volatile year, recovered nicely from its mid-October low to correction levels, now down 10%, with almost two weeks to go in 2022. I personally think the only way we have a recession next year is if the Federal Reserve decides to raise interest rates more than another full percent. And I admit Fed Chair Jerome Powell has proven he's capable of inflicting unnecessary pain, but I think he should have gained some modesty after trying to lead markets rather than follow them. And I believe the Fed will try stability in 2023, and that will reassure housing markets and the financial system. The economy, in my opinion, will remain still far too dependent on foreign supply chains, but will bear up under that uncertainty. Most companies right now are in solid financial shape, and we should have a year of moderate growth. And barring a dramatic surge of idiocy in Washington, D.C., I believe we'll have a prosperous year. That's my view, as well as my holiday wish to you. Speaking of idiocy, the Senate just released its $1.7 trillion omnibus bill, and our guest today, Senator Tommy Tuberville, thinks it's an absurdity, an outrage that the Dems, and with a little assist from Senator Mitch McConnell, would move that 4,155-page piece of legislation for what can only be a mindless rubber stamp by the Senate voting this week. Senator Tuberville is a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, the Senate Agriculture Committee, and Senator, it is always great to have you with us here on The Great America Show, and Merry Christmas. That hugely rich $1.7 trillion omnibus bill 4,000 pages of it? Most of us couldn't read that thing in a month, let alone a week. I'm impressed, Senator. In less than a day, Lou, they think they're going to pass this thing maybe as early as Wednesday. And uh, 
it, it's mind boggling. You know, we could, you're supposed to have this thing done, Lou, by the end of October. And uh, there's been very little work done on it. Uh, you don't go through regular order up here very much. You know, you just have a bunch of people put this thing together and, and spend money and the uh, American taxpayer has to pay the bill. But it is, uh, it's not a way to run a hot dog stand, I'll tell you that. Well, it's a big hot hot dog stand, too, $1.7 trillion. And I like the fact that Republicans are bragging about getting all that extra money, $850 billion for the uh, NDAA for, uh, in the budget uh, uh, for the Defense Department. But the Democrats have got $700 billion for pure ether, the, the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, they're funding every one of their wishes and dreams for the next several uh, several years at least. Well, exactly, Lou, and and you're right. People don't under if they can go back and just remember they spent what two or three trillion dollars on their own in reconciliation in the last two years, and this is on top of that. And there there's so many things in there, but it's just to show you how things have changed. I talked to a senator a few days ago. We're standing around on the floor waiting to vote. He said, you know, coach, he said, just about 15 years ago, I was here and we were going to spend $8 billion and we debated it for three months, $8 billion. And now we are, it, it's nothing to spend a trillion dollars in a week. I mean, it's absolutely insane of how we got to this point. And again, it's, uh, it's not our money. It's the American taxpayers' money, and they're the ones going to, have to pay it back. Our great, great, great grandkids, and it's putting us in a tailspin that uh, I don't know whether our country will ever get out of it. But Obama said it; he wants to transition this country into something else. And Biden took over after President Trump got it somewhat back on track, and he is running this thing right in a ditch. And uh, I don't know whether we can ever get out. I'm just shocked that the American people put these people back in control. Uh, in the election a month or so ago. I don't know what people were looking at. Well, I, I believe some of us are averting our eyes from what is a train wreck that gets bigger and bigger uh, and more complex by the by the year. Because we're confused because many of us who've been around, a, a, I'll say, a long time, uh, certainly I'll speak for myself on that. Uh, I, I mean, I remember when Republicans used to be concerned about a budget. They didn't want to spend money that frivolously. Uh, they didn't want the Democrats to do so either and had the ability to communicate that to the to the American people. I, I believe most Americans don't even know what's going on because the media won't tell them and the Republican Party won't stand up and make certain that they know. Well, <laughs> Lou, it's all about getting reelected. It's all about keeping power, having an opportunity to come back up here and be a part of this this place. Um, ah. uh, it it uh, sometimes I just shake my head, but <clears throat> there's some good people here that want to do the right things. There's just not enough of us, and uh, you know sooner or later we're going to have to get hold of the reins because right now the horse is running wild, and the reins are dragging the ground. And and uh, just going full speed, and it is totally out of control. Yeah, it's a shame, and the best we can hope for is that the horse you know, lands on one of those reins and and tumbles to a stop, because nothing else seems like it's uh, even in prospect. You know, what are your your young staff members? What do they think of this? 
uh, what kind of show are they putting on for the, you know, what are people we expect to be in government and be public servants? Uh, I mean, they're watching uh, one disaster after another, thanks to the Biden regime and the Marxist Dems who are setting the agenda, which is to destroy America. And I mean, they have got one heck of a good start at it. You know, Lou, your staff is probably average from age of 25 to 35. And they see it firsthand. You know, they see it before even anybody else sees it. Even sometimes for me, they get all the all the documents and they get to read through them. And, and they all understand what's getting ready to happen in this country. Uh, uh, the debt that we're in, uh, they say we're in 31, 32 tree. And this thing's north of 40 tree and maybe more than that. Uh, with future mandatory spending. It's, uh, and I feel bad for them. I really do. Uh, I feel bad for the, our young people that's not going to have the opportunity to live in the same type of country that you and I grew up in, where you had, you know, freedom of speech. Uh, people uh, love this country and any, they do anything uh, to keep this country afloat. Now you have the far left and the progressives that just want to bring it to its knees. And uh, Biden and his administration is part of that. I, I hear the way they talk. Uh, I've been to the border. I've been, you see the crime, you see the inflation, uh, you see education in this country that's just absolutely gone. Our, our education is gone in this country, except for a few places. And so uh, the hope is there because we know we're a strong country, Lou. We, we know we got the values. We know we've been there before, but how do we get back? And it's going to take a lot of hard work to get back to what you and I had the opportunity to grow up in. Exactly. A public school was the foundation. Uh, again, I'll speak only for myself, but public school was the foundation for everything I was able to do afterwards. It's a great equalizer. It doesn't matter what your parents do or how uh, much money you had or you didn't have. Uh, you, you could set a, a standard uh, for your own uh, achievement, uh, so long as you worked hard, had the talent uh, and, and the commitment to do it. It was the American dream, and it's gone, for, as you're saying, for tens and perhaps hundreds of millions of Americans over the course of the next uh, several years. We've ruined education. I call it government education now because that's all it is. They're indoctrinating our kids in these government schools that we have. We're fighting hard for school choice. That's our only chance. These teachers unions have absolutely drove us to brink of disaster. Uh, <laughs> I saw a chart the other day, Lou, that we don't grow much as teachers anymore. Most people get out uh, in these progressive, they, they get into the educational field through administration and they control things through administration down to the teachers. And so we have so many more administrators uh, then we have teachers now. And again, it's just, it's pushing us over the cliff of all these progressive ideas. And uh, again, it's teaching against the constitution. Uh, it's teaching against uh, moral values, God, uh, the things that we, we all grew up in teaching against family. My God, look at this, look at this gender identity, uh, situation we're in right now. You know, these kids don't know whether they're a boy or a girl anymore. I mean, it's just, that's what's being taught in these schools. So. Uh, how do you keep this country to the point, Lou, of, of, of keeping what we've got uh, instead of destroying ourselves from within? And that's exactly what's happening. Now, we don't share either the same views about the country. We don't share the same values, uh, the same patriotism. Uh, America first is 
you know, putting America first for some of us, but not all of us. I hope still most of us, but I'm not sure of that. Uh, we're, we, have a, we have a society that is not too clear on whether or not they believe in God. We see Christianity uh, is declining in this country. Uh, religion is de- declining in this country. The, the moral compass is being established by government-paid teachers, uh, teachers who are not interested in religion, who, as a matter of fact, are in many cases, they're opposed to it mightily. Uh, they're opposed to the family. They're Marxist stems. They're, they're indoctrinating our students. Many of those students will become college professors. They'll be indoctrinating their next round of union teachers in our public schools. And meanwhile, uh, middle-class families, working families, are taking on they have student loan debts, trying to get their kids through school. We're, we're paying a fortune to indoctrinate our children to destroy the country. I mean, it's, it's really that straightforward, I think. What's your reaction? Well, you, the, the tip of the iceberg, uh, is what you talked about. but it, And again, it all goes back to moral values. And where did we learn those? We learned them at school. We learned them but at home with family, a mom and dad. Over half the kids in this country, Lou, no matter who black, white, isn't making a difference, have one or no parent. Uh, I saw that coaching uh, in the last 40 years. Uh, you know, I'd go in these homes and I'd just be shocked at how many aunts and uncles are raising a lot of these kids and grandparents. Uh, you know, we, we, we've lost that continuity of of uh, discipline at home. And of course, now uh, there's no discipline in school. You can't do anything to these kids. These, a lot of these teachers are getting out, the good ones are getting out because uh, they can't control the kids in the classroom because they're not supported by what I t- said earlier, all these woke administrators that are taking over our schools. And so this is a disaster, disaster waiting to happen. And is it given, getting worse? And we've got to come up with a solution, but the solution to me, again, is getting back our moral values, but uh, giving kids an opportunity to go to a school that they want, such as school choice. It's school choice, I think you're exactly right, is a big part of the solution, if not the solution. Uh, and you wonder, how can America first be a bad thing in America? Uh, I mean, what? Unless you're a Marxist, American first ought to be just automatic for people. It no longer is, is it? Nobody, uh, you know, a lot of people up here don't love this country, Lou. They don't love the country because they think we've taken advantage of other countries. Uh, and, you know, this climate change uh, agenda that uh, that the left has right now, they're forcing us, uh, the taxpayers, to spend trillions of dollars on something that we shouldn't be spending on. We should be spending it on the people of this country to make our people stronger and better. But uh, you've got John Kerry flying around and you've got a lot of these quacks that uh, are making a lot of money off of this climate change. And again, we're, we're all environmentalists. We love, we love the world that we live in. We wanna protect it. <clears throat> but if we don't protect the values and the ground of where we come from, uh, then we're not gonna make it. If we wanna work with climate change, let's. Let's change our pollution. Let's save our water. Uh, you know, let, let's clean the oceans up. Let's do things like that. But to say that carbon uh, is something that's going to put this world under, when many, many scientists will tell you straight up, that has nothing. We can't control that. You know, we have carbon coming from our breath that we, the oxygen that we breathe. Uh, and it, it's just mind-boggling to me how these Al Gore's and John Kerry's have made millions of dollars off this, and they're hypocrites. Number one. 
but they also, they're very controlling and they've, they've convinced our kids in these schools, these woke schools that climate change is going to end this earth in a matter of years. And it never happens. They've been saying this for many, many years. And you know that Lou, you've heard it in your lifetime. It's just something that they can complain about and make money off of. Yeah, the the original back in the seventies was it's a global uh, cooling. We're going to have an ice age. Uh, that's what the geniuses figured then, and now we're going to have I don't know what. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, these these people are just a good part. Uh, you know, they're they're con artists. Uh, they and some of them, maybe most of them, know it. Uh, the others that just are just following a a bunch of fools in a, in a silly direction. You know, electric vehicles, everybody is so crazy about electric vehicles. I was looking at a report the other day. You're talking about 60 percent of fossil fuel usage will be is necessary to convert. I think it was just 25 percent of the automobiles to electric. And meanwhile, the left is trying to kill fossil fuels. So how in the world are we going to generate electricity? These idiots don't even take take notice of just basic facts and their relationship to the reality they say they want to create. Uh, these folks, for being smart boys, aren't very bright, uh, but they are sure good salesmen. You, you can't do away with fossil fuels. They're tricking themselves. They're trying to trick the American people and people all over the world. It's impossible. You know, they talk about these EV cars, other than steel and aluminum that's in the car, the other 56% comes from petroleum that they make, you know, the holstering, the dashboards, the everything, you know, the seats, everything, the, everything that goes in a car. I mean, you can't do away with fossil fuels. It is the biggest uh, uh, hoax that they're pulling over people all over the world because it's all about control. They want to control everything that you do. And so they're pushing this. And I'll tell you who I really like, and I keep hearing him on TV, the CEO of Toyota keeps saying, we're not, yeah, I was, we're not doing this. We're not going to EV cars. It doesn't work. People need to wake up. I love this guy. I, I do too. And I, I loved his statement. He said the silent majority is not interested in electric vehicles. Now, here he is the head of Toyota who understands the American people better than does our president, the Democrat party, the left wing, and the so-called environmentalist. Uh, and I think he's 100% right, don't you? Oh, I, I, I guarantee you. And I, the, all these woke CEOs of the companies here in the United States, they're, they're, they're following the Pied Piper. You know, they're, they're going down this, uh, this uh, road that's going to end. Uh, and there's no way, there's no way we can make enough electricity to fuel to, to all these batteries that they're going to make. And Lou, did you know to make a thousand, uh, these batteries for cars weigh a thousand pounds. To make a thousand pound battery, you have to dig up 500,000 pounds of dirt to get the minerals. 500,000 for one battery. Now, how many of these whack jobs on the left you think are going to let us dig holes here in the United States, uh, the EPA? They're not going to do it. And so what are we going to do it? We're going to do it somewhere else, the Congo. We, we don't uh, own the Congo. China does. Uh, and so what we there, there's no plan. It's like putting a, a game plan together for a football game. You better be able to run the ball. You better be able to throw it. You got to be able to stop both of them. You got to have a good kicking game. We have zero plan here. Nothing. And, and you also need a pretty good understanding of time management. Yeah. Uh, and, and these folks obviously do not. Uh, and no one talks about, you're talking about John Kerry and everybody flying around. 
uh, telling everybody what fools they are to be using fossil fuels. Meanwhile, those aircraft they're flying around in are sucking the stuff up uh, at, uh, at, uh, at orders of magnitude, greater, uh, greater rates. But, you know, I never hear anybody say we're going to ground those airplanes. There's not going to be any more of that air pollution right uh, you know, at 40,000 feet uh, for these uh, so-called uh, evangelists of environmentalism. Uh, isn't that interesting? I don't want to be affected personally by it. Oh, yeah. No, they again, they're hypocritical. And, uh, you know, private plane puts out many, many, many more tons of carbon than a, than a passenger jet. I don't know if you knew that or not, but these, yeah. yeah, and it is uh, it's so hypocritical. But, you know, there's so many things Lou, going on right now. This ESG uh, uh, governance, the environmental social governance that they're putting these rankings right. on these corporations. It's the biggest joke in the world. I mean, it's a joke. And it's just more control. And these woke CEOs are just lapping it up like lapdogs. And uh, they want to be politically correct and don't uh, get them in trouble. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, their stockholders are going to look around going, what in the world are y'all doing? And so well, you know, I get a kick out of Larry, Larry Fink at, uh, uh, at BlackRock. I mean, he's been pushing this stuff. You're talking about the biggest uh, investment firm in the country uh, in, with assets. Uh, they're sitting there pushing that stuff out because, for one thing, it keeps people from examining EBITDA and profit margins and scale uh, for the, their investments. They're worried about ES and G. Uh, meanwhile, the, the governance is they do exactly what the CEO says, the 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 the, the board of directors are slaves to the CEO, uh, and, and that's the way it goes. Uh, this isn't about governance. I mean, we're looking at a, a, a market right now, a stock market, with fewer uh, issues uh, than it had 20 years ago, uh, vastly more capital, but it's being drawn off and sent to, the, to China pri primarily. Uh, I don't know what the market would be at today if Wall Street wasn't shipping all that capital to China and to other places around the world instead of investing in the United States. And they want to talk about ES&G. These are hypocrites. They know what they're doing. They've outsourced millions of jobs that will never be recovered. They've de devastated manufacturing in this country, and now we're dependent on so-called supply chains around the world. Uh and we're seeing what's happening as a result of that. Uh, these business leaders are playing their book, and they need to be brought to heel. And the only countervailing influence I know is the federal government, and they own the federal government right now. Lou, the best thing that President Trump was doing is trying to bring our manufacturing out of Asia, out of China. Uh, I'm doing a speech on the floor today about child medicines. We are very low in child medicines uh, going to the either over the counter or, or prescriptions. I'm talking about amoxicillin, uh, antibiotics, uh, ibuprofen, anything that's used in a child form. You don't want to use uh, the adult uh, version because it's not made for these young bodies. Right. But we have a huge shortage of these, these type of drugs for young kids. The flu is going to be rampant this year, just the normal flu, because we're getting back to uh, understanding that, uh, you know, probably what a lot we had anyway, but uh, it's just a huge problem. And all that stuff comes from China. And and we, we here in Congress, we've got a blind eye of saying we're worried about something else instead of going and saying, okay, 
we're going to start manufacturing in this country some way, somehow. We're going to tax incentives. We're going to do everything we possibly can. President Trump did that. He had a plan. Well, this group here has zero plan other than trying to make money for their party off something that the American taxpayer is going to pay a price for. Yeah, and Joe Biden is not interested in crossing uh, his his good friends, the CCP, uh, who have uh, been funding his uh, family business. I'll put it that way for for decades. It's it's straightforward. Uh, you know, I, you talk about that dependency for childhood medicines, and I know that there are uh, considerable shortages. But I I think most Americans don't realize we're dependent on China and uh, to a degree India. For ninety-seven percent of all of the all of the ingredients in our pharmaceuticals and our pharmaceuticals, not just our pharmaceuticals, but to process it, we're dependent upon China uh, and, and India. Uh, we're in a heck of a mess. That is a huge strategic advantage if we go to war, if we have a conflict uh, with the uh, with communist China. Is it not if when Lou we go to war? Uh... China's already said they're going to Taiwan. And uh, when that happens, obviously there are gonna be blockades of the Taiwan Straits. There's not gonna be thing going in or out. Then what are we gonna do? Uh, because as you said, huge majority of the things that we get, not just for medicines, but everything else comes from China, from, from the child labor they have there to the cheap labor. Uh, uh, you know, we're not smart enough to, to force things to come back over here. Again, we, we were on the way with President Trump. He understood it. He started putting uh, tariffs on, on China, started trying to build our country back up. Well, these people coming in now, uh, you don't, you never hear anything about it. It's just status quo. Uh, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Uh, you, you let them go into Taiwan and see what happens to our economy. Uh, we won't be making many cars, many, much machinery. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to be huge shortages. Microchips, uh, it's uh, semiconductors. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you about uh, that because we've got an invasion underway right now, and we haven't taken a defensive position uh, or, or policy, and that is our southern border, 2,000 miles of it, is wide open uh, to illegal immigrants, to the cartels. Uh, I say on this broadcast uh, always, the Mexican drug cartels control both sides of that border, and this administration is the most pro-cartel uh, administration in this country's history. Uh, we are headed for uh, a real reckoning uh, unless something happens. And I have to say, and I want to, I want to do something I seldom do. I want to say thank you to to John Roberts, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. That Supreme Court is all that stands between us. Uh, and disaster because Congress doesn't have the time or the will to move. And I'm by the Congress. I mean, the Congress and the Senate. Uh, and, and they're the only hope we've got that they will insist uh, enforce the Constitution and responsibility on the part of this this Marxist Dem administration. Well, thank goodness John Roberts finally stepped up uh, because this was a must. I mean, even even he had to say this is stupid. And I would love to ask President Biden face to face, what are you trying to prove here? Uh, I mean, the, you're responsible for the national security of this country. I've been there several times. I was just down there a couple of weeks ago, Lou. These people are, will run over you coming in the United States. And we're giving them a phone. We're giving them thousands of dollars worth of, 
hotel voucher. We'll give them a Medicaid card. We'll give them a plane flight or a bus flight anywhere they want to go. There's not a city in this country now after two years of the Biden administration that you can't walk whether it's a small town or, or a big city that you don't see illegals standing on the corner looking for either something to do, something to eat, somewhere to sleep. It, it, it is a bad, bad situation going to get worse. They say we've had four or five million come here. Let me tell you, there's been eight to 10 million come in because these gotaways, uh, and they're getting away for a, for a reason. They're carrying drugs, they're carrying human trafficking, they're carrying everything, and they are, uh, it, our, our border is a sieve. And it's embarrassing that a country like this will allow this to happen, but they're looking for votes. They could care less about the, the sanctity of this country. They're looking for votes and uh, I hope it backfires on them. Uh, there's no way we can stop them. Uh, thank goodness uh, John Roberts stood up and in this situation, I hope he stands by it for a lot longer time because Lou, this it's not only serious, this is a dangerous situation that's killing our kids every day with all this fentanyl. Absolutely. And, and you know, my wife and I pulled into a pilot uh, truck stop on the way back from uh, picking up our uh, uh, one of our granddaughters and about nine o'clock at night and there at the truck stop, uh, a big white bus without any lettering, any identification on it pulls up and out files. And I mean, files in one military straight line. Uh, I, I couldn't judge the number, but it had to be somewhere around 70, 80 people, uh, all of them young men. Uh, going into the truck stop to get something to eat, uh, and 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 I just, uh, my wife said immediately, these are illegal immigrants. Uh, not a woman there, all male, uh, all, you know, and they're being shipped in the middle of the night all around the country, and we know what's going on in every, almost every major city in in the country. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I got on a plane leaving McAllen, Texas, not too long ago, coming off the border after going down there and seeing the billions that we're spending. And I get on the plane and they pull two busloads up and filled the plane. There was five senators on there and uh, they pulled the planes up and unloaded them. And, and I, I sat next to this young girl, probably 19, had a two or three month old with her and couldn't speak English and had an uh, envelope and had a little money in it. She had diapers in a plastic bag and, and it had McAllen. Houston, Denver. And I would love to ask her, well, you know, who's going to meet you in Denver? I mean, she cried the whole time. Uh, we landed in Houston. I helped her get to a, a, her gate. She had no clue how to get there. I mean, they just turn these people loose and, uh, uh they haven't been vac vaccinated. They haven't been tested. Uh, and they're worried about COVID and they're, they're kicking our military out for not taking a vaccine. And they're letting millions of people in this country, uh, come in without being tested. And it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, they don't care. Uh, the, the problem is they don't care about the country like they should. And and uh, they want to change us. They fundamentally change the United States, and they're doing it. Yeah, fundamental transformation, just like Barack Obama uh, promised. Uh, it is a, it's the, the Marxist uh, philosophy that he brought uh, to the federal government, and it is uh, only built uh, and diffuse throughout our executive branch, uh, everywhere you turn, whether it's Department of Justice, FBI. Uh, I, I want to get your reaction to Mitch McConnell's statement, too, uh, that everybody knows who's responsible for January 6th. Uh, he didn't say the name Donald Trump, but he tried to insinuate it. He forgot about Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the security uh, agencies uh, and their responsibility. 
uh, your your thoughts about uh, this J6? They're uh, they're going after Donald Trump. I understand that a, a reference, a, a referral to the Justice Department for criminal prosecution, is not much, but it's more than any president should have to endure, especially one who's especially one who's been investigated by these. I'm going to try to use a word that's a little better by the these these left wing Dems. Uh, they persecuted him for nearly this is the seventh year and he hasn't been found guilty of any wrongdoing. And their DOJ and FBI are a bunch of crooks, we know, as a result. Your thoughts? Well, they they, they couldn't let him win, Lou. Uh, a lot of them are probably going to jail and and they knew that. So everything was compromised all through that election. And, and we all know that. And my first day on the Senate floor two years ago was January 6th. And uh, uh, there, there was no preparation uh, around the Capitol. Nancy Pelosi's fault. She's never been brought up. To, why, why did you not bring uh, National Guard? Why didn't you protect the Capitol? That's your job. That's your responsibility. Uh, a lot of people uh, had fault. President Trump had a little fault in that because, you know, he brought them all here. Now, uh, he didn't tell them to come and, and physically, you know, come into the Capitol. Basically, he said, hey, let's have a peaceful protest. So there, there's a lot of blame, Lou, to go around on that. But that's behind us. I kept that night on the Senate floor about 10 o'clock. I kept hearing from the Dems and Schumer. How about this is worse than 9-11? This is worse than Pearl Harbor. I'm thinking, what in the world are y'all talking about? Uh, you know, this is a, a protest that people mad about something. Uh, it's over with. We we spent $500 million the next six months on National Guard being around uh, the Capitol, uh, which was fences everywhere. Uh, there was nobody uh, in danger. Uh, it's absolutely amazing how they how far they took it. But they lived off of it, and hopefully this uh, this thing will wrap up and we'll get a decent. Uh, we'll get Nancy Pelosi gone. We'll get a bunch of these these people that can't tell the truth off this committee. And we'll get back to the what what we need to do here in Congress is work for the American people. Well, you know, the left, they loved it. They, you know, they just sucked it right up. And the, and the Dems there on Capitol Hill and uh, the House and the Senate, oh, they were having a big time uh, putting on a show. And this January 6th committee, the biggest farce you've ever seen. Uh, and, uh, you know, but we did get to know better a guy named Kenzinger and, uh, and Liz Cheney. Uh, the rest of the Dems we didn't know so well uh, and know, and never will want to know very well. But to think that those two ignorant, uh, I, let me rephrase that. Let me just say those, those two individuals uh, are, are a, I, I mean, they're a, an insult uh, to everyone, every decent person. Uh, and what they're doing in the nation's capital and the Republican Party is beyond me. We always give our guests the last word, Senator, and I turn it to you for your concluding thoughts and I want to say thank you. I always enjoy talking with you. Thank you, Lou. You know, we're going into the holiday season with, with Christmas and New Year's, and, and next year is going to be a very tough year economically. I can tell people that right now. It's we're, we're If we're not in a recession now, we will be with what uh, Powell's doing with our interest rates. But we live in the best country on the face of the earth. When you were born here, you hit the lottery. Uh, I'm hoping people that have the ability to keep us the strongest and best country on the face of the earth will make the right decisions. Right now, we're not going in that direction, but I think hopefully next year, you know, we'll start working for the American people with, with the House in charge, uh, you know, with Republican uh, leadership. Uh, I just hope that 
people will be patient and understand and start watching what's going on and understanding that, uh, you know, we're at the brink of a lot of problems and we need to overcome some of those problems. But God bless and Merry Christmas to everybody. Senator Tommy Tuberville, great American. We thank you for being with us. Tomorrow, our guest is 25-year veteran of the FBI. We'll be taking up overwhelming corruption at the DOJ and FBI and what can be done about it all. James Galliano, CBS News security and law enforcement analyst, joins us tomorrow. Till then, thanks, and God bless you, and may God bless America.